You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, the coach's wonderful show. And, this, and today, because we decided to do it a day later, is our weekly show. And joining me, Mr. Tony East from Forbes.com and Westside Indianapolis News. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing great. We just watched uh, the Keelan Martin game for his career, which was awesome. Pacers uh, season outlook looking okay. You know, they've got some playing possibilities. They're still sitting with potential lotto outcomes. So everybody wins. And Adam, before we really talk Pacers, I got to congratulate you on being an award-winning journalist now. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't think any of our listeners know, but Adam won. I believe it was an investigative uh, reporting award from Gannett, right? I did. I did. I appreciate you. You noticed it, and I don't think my boss even did. <laughs> Unrelated to the Pacers. Okay, back to Unrelated. the Pacers. Congratulations, Adam. <laughs> um, yeah, so on today's show, we're going to basically well, – we'll do three things. One, we'll talk a little bit about the Cavs game and um, Keelan Martin's career, career night, like you said. Then we're going to do what we're paying attention to most to end this season. Probably five things. We'll have some overlap in between Tony's list, so won't be quite ten things, but somewhere in that range. And then we'll preview this, this week's game, which is four left for important games for seeding purposes. So to start, Keelan Martin's stat line from tonight's game. Pacers obviously beat the Cavs 111-102. Martin was 11-26, points, seven rebounds in 25 minutes, played the whole fourth quarter, I believe. Critical, critical for those Pacers. They were only up by three heading into the quarter, so that was a huge kind of – and they ended up winning it by seven, so a huge quarter for them. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just a career night for him. Do you think he gets <laughs> – goes – I mean – this will probably be the best race of the best game for the tech, right? He probably won't put, put this numbers up ever again. Yeah. Minimum contract guys. I always talk about like Samson and Keelan and even the two way guys. Like if they get you one win a season or two, even like if they're critical and two wins, that's worth it. And remember Keelan got them that big win in San Antonio. And now he is this where he was possibly the players Pacers best player. Actually it was the bonus for sure. He had 20 and 20, but Keelan was amazing. 25.7 rebounds. 25 points is a career high. Seven rebounds is a season high. And Bjorken credited his defense a lot. Uh, he looked really good. Keelan Martin is not a guy who you'd normally expect to be like this. And with the Pacers season on the line, they were down at halftime. Keelan Martin comes out and just a supreme second half, easily the best half, like Adam just said, of his career. He was plus 15 to save the Pacers. So not a ton we're going to talk about from this Cavs game today. It was actually a pretty ugly and boring game, but Keelan Martin deserves a ton of credit and mention here for I'm keep keeping the Pacers season on track because this, this game could have been a disaster if he didn't step up. Yeah. He's single-handedly dragged into this win. I think it's the, maybe it's single-handedly, but one of like the, the biggest factors. I mean, you look across the board, you didn't have a good night from Sumner, you know, okay night from McDermott, really bad night from Goga and Aaron holiday again, but so they needed something, another score. I mean, if he didn't put up his points, they lose this game by 15 points. They need somebody else to step up, and thank, thank God he did. Until McConnell was good in the fourth quarter, the whole bench was awful outside of Keelan. Like, Aaron and Gogo were 0 for 9 anyway. They were both awful. Sumner played with the bench a little bit. He went probably Sumner's worst game of the season, too, right? So they were getting nothing from a lot of their younger guys in this one. McConnell stepped up in the fourth, like I just said. But Keelan Martin was their bench, right? They they Sabonis was doing his thing, like – supremely well and Karras was scoring well enough although a little inefficiently they Keelan was the guy like no matter what group he was in he got some transition buckets hit some timely threes nice defense got a st- or got a block in there right 
Like him and McDermott were, were saviors in this one. And it was, you know, they need that kind of stuff, right? Him and O'Shea Brissett continued to, or continued to is wrong here, but we're both really nice. And they needed a, those two forwards uh, to step up. And lo and behold, the Cavs like G League team basically, because half their guys were out, uh, were a little peskier than the Pacers gave them credit for. So they needed everything they could get. And Keelan Martin was there for them. Yep. And it pushed the Pacers to 32 and 36, keeping the 500 chance alive. <laughs> Yay. For the, I know. I know. You know. I don't know. It's just they haven't been under 500, I think, in eight seasons now. I mean, I think it was 14, 15, the PG hurt years the last time they were yeah, under Yeah, when 500. they snuck in at 38 and 44, right? Yeah, and they really haven't been under 500 with a like a true team that they should have been since like 2010, 11. So they've been this kind of level of bad. Anyways, um, all right. Let's. You want to move to our five things we're paying attention to? Yeah, so that, that you know, we were going to do this for our weekly show anyway. And the Cavs game doesn't really limit us from doing this. And their play-in scenario is basically the same as yesterday. Their magic number is now down to two. So one win, one All right, Tony, Tony, you don't need to jump the gun here. We do each have five things you're paying attention to. Well, I know. But I was gonna, I'm was going i just explaining why it's the same as yesterday. We don't need to talk about it again. Anyway, oh, well, playing, well, okay. their magic number is down to two. So we're going to do five things each. Some of them will probably overlap. But that we are watching for the rest of this Pacer season because this week is still important even though there's – you know, the stakes are not going to be potentially as high by the end of the week. So breaking that down, of course, looking ahead at this week of game. So you want to go least important five to most important five? What? Do you, how do you want to do that? Oh, I didn't even rank mine. I just did. Oh, five. I guess I didn't really rank it either. I have one that's the least important for. All right. Then you then you go first. Am I doing my least important yeah, one? Yeah, the least important one is you see this. Yeah. Okay. My least important one, but I am curious about this. Does Cassius Stanley play at all? Oh. Because the end of the season is kind of when you know, especially when you're the nine, they were 10 before they beat the Cavs or you're in the nine seed now, right? That's when you kind of figure out what you've got with guys like Cassius, right? Your teenagers or your 20 year olds, are they a part of the next version of your team, right? They put, they, every year they have that last game of the season that's meaningless, right? And they just throw these guys out. That might not happen this year, but like they, that's the reason that game happens is they try to see what they have in these guys. And you know, it's funny, Adam, I actually said yesterday, I should be bemoaning the Pacers for playing Keelan Martin instead of giving Cassius Stanley those minutes. That was a stupid thing to say, given what happened today. But I I will be curious to see if they can find some time for Cassius to try to evaluate him in games that matter against good opponents to see if they want to invest another year in him or invest anything in his future. Because remember, they they said, that Kevin Pritchard said, they graded him as a first-round guy. So Okay, but I <laughs> had a GM who said the second-round pick wasn't going to be a first-round pick. I know. Well, you said I'm the just... NFL draft. Literally, you can just pick like 10 phrases in every draft pick. Did ever, anybody ever picked a first-round pick? But like, you know what? Don't need to be very good. Yeah, you know, we didn't really rank him that high, but the draft didn't go our way. Yeah, and I know that it was a PR thing. That said, I will be curious to see if they're able to play him at all the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, that should be interesting. Luckily, I think for him, even if he doesn't play this year, he's not – like the, the ship hasn't sailed yet. He's got next season I agree. too. So, well, remember they like, like um, Sumner, they had on a two-year two-way deal, right? They wanted to invest in him for two years. Brian Bowen, they brought back on a second two-way deal after last year. And this year they unfortunately had to cut him, but right. The guys like that, that are really young, they like to give that, that second year too. And I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not going to rule any, say anything, or I don't know anything here, but I'm imagining they're thinking the same way with Cassius, just given their philosophy and given that they drafted him. So I would imagine They'll give him a second year if they can, but you know, I'd like, I think they'd like to evaluate him. So that's my fifth one. Yeah. I think it just also depends how the draft falls and if they like, they value somebody yeah. higher. I mean, they have both their picks this year and then should the space anyways, but if they value somebody, then get drafted higher. I mean, that's just, or whatever happens out there on, on the market. I doubt right, I mean, it. What are you watching the rest of the season? All right. Well, so I'll just do this. I, did, I have kind of an order. Uh, obviously standings. That's the main thing we're watching yep. right now. 
Um, and I'm assuming it's on your list too, right? Some version of that. Uh, standing is is on my list. I have two versions of standings that I'm particularly watching. Did you just mean vague? Like what's yeah? Well, I I've, I have some versions too. I think it's probably the same too, but they are eight to ten. See where the Pacers fall. They sit obviously as we're speaking. They're a game behind eight of Charlotte and a half game up on Washington at the nine. They don't have either tiebreaker, so that's an issue. Yeah. They sit three ahead of the Bulls right now. Like the number is two, but also I'm watching the Western Conference standings to see what the final record of the 10 seat or the 11 seat out there is, and we'll be ahead of the Pacers right now. The Pelicans are the um, 11 seat, 31 and 37. That'd be one game behind the Pacers, just because they do lose that first playing game. Can they end up with like a top 10 pick, basically? Yeah. Okay. I have very similar to you with the one extra addendum. So this is okay. good. Um, yeah, the standings watch for me is similar to you. I wrote it as this. Can they get the eight seed, right? I, I highly doubt anyone from that eight, nine, 10, 11 tiers catching the Celtics. It's possible. Um, and we'll it's get mathematically possible, but is it physically? Probably not. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, can they catch Charlotte? Charlotte lost to New Orleans over the weekend. They still have four more games. They only are one behind in the win column, so it's not impossible. And the Hornets played the Wizards on that last day. So that game's going to be hugely important for the Pacers season. But, you know, can they get to eight, give themselves two potential different first-round opponents, playing the Celtics without a key guy, which, again, that's something on my list, so I'm not spoiling it too much. You know, can they get to eight? And if not, the second they know they can't get to eight, tanking as hard as they can for what you said, right? Once you know you're locked into 9-10, it doesn't matter if you're 9 or 10. I mean, I guess if you think home court's really huge, sure, but it hasn't been so bad at home, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. So, right, trying to catch those – like the Pelicans, I think the Kings are only like one or two losses um, away from them as well. Kings are and thirty and thirty-eight, so I guess if they Kings won out and the Pacers ended up losing out, that could they could. Yeah, well, the Kings get... have that tiebreaker as well. I have another thing though on my, you know, so can they get eight? And if not, how do they adjust their first round pick? The other thing is, we got to call back in time, Adam, to the Karis LeVert trade, not the Karis LeVert trade this year, the Thaddeus Young Karis LeVert trade, because the Pacers sent. The pick that was Karis to the Nets, they also sent a second round pick to the Nets that was reverse protected. So if it came in the back half of the second round, the Pacers get it. But if it goes in the first half of the second round, the Nets get it. And because the Pacers have been good every year since that trade, they've kept their pick. But this year, if their pick is 31 through 44, it goes to the Nets. So if the Pacers end up with a, a worse record than I, the Memphis are 45 is currently the Warriors pick. Uh, I think they're about 500 in the West, uh, they are 35 and 33. So a little above 500. So if the Pacers cannot catch like the Warriors, Grizzlies, Hornets kind of squad. They're going to lose their second round pick, which not a huge deal. They have two other ones, but still something to monitor. Cause like right, like 30 to 40 is still decent value pick. So that's something else to watch. Which is interesting. I didn't, I actually didn't realize that. So yeah, that's, that's no one, one knows that. Well, it's been it's with rolled, the right. It's rolled year after year. Um, yeah. It's, it's protected for a long time before it becomes unprotected. So they'll lose it eventually. And the time you have two other seconds, maybe is not the worst time for it to happen, but just something else to watch. All right, give me one more of yours before we do a break. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, I just mentioned it, so I'll just do this. So we just learned today, well, I guess yesterday for listeners, Beal, Bradley Beal, hamstring injury. He'll miss two games plus maybe more time as he's reevaluated, right? Jalen Brown, out for the season for the Celtics. That includes the playoffs, right? Out for the season, right? So that's two th- I mean, two things to me. One, the Wizards are more vulnerable in the regular season the rest of this week. They just lost the Hawks earlier. That's why the Pacers vaulted them into ninth. They could lose to the Hawks again. I think they play the Hawks again on Wednesday too, right? So there's a chance the Wizards are slumping heading into the plan and have a hobbled Bradley Beal, plus Jalen Brown out for the season. So the Celtics are weakened. 
So two of their three first round playing opponents dealt with big injuries today. So seeing how those affect how those two teams play and how those teams finish in the standings, because the Pacers can, again, technically still catch the Celtics. They won't, but you know, how that affects how the standing shakeout will be very interesting to me because those things could end up mattering quite a bit to the Pacers. Yeah, and I'm actually going to add on because I had a similar one, but like to me, it's also with the, with Brogdon, right? I mean, if does he mm-hmm. end up playing? Absolutely. Back, right, that kind of feeds in that. Right, if if Brogdon Turner play, well. yeah, Turner, I, I have never had any hope with him playing their steers, but I mean, maybe. God, Agnes reported they're hopeful to have him back for the postseason. Okay, whatever that means. I mean, I feel like, to me the postseason is post playing game, so like. And I yeah, I, I don't. I didn't ask him about the verbiage, but yeah. Yeah. So whatever it is, I mean, with Brogdon, right? If Brogdon doesn't play, that's a similar loss for both teams in terms of like impact. Right? Although I think actually the Beal is much more important than any of the injuries, but um, Brogdon is still in in, a, in that kind of level. So if Brogdon does return, and those guys don't play, does you know, like Chris, the Pacers end up winning two playing games somehow because of just right. injury luck. Yeah. Like let's say you're let's say you're in the eight nine ten even. Let's say you get nine ten against the against the Wizards, and there's no Beal. You can win that game. They lost the Wizards without Beal earlier, but they played the Wizards pretty well this weekend with Beal getting fifty. Okay, you can win that game. Then the Hornets beat the Celtics. Now you're playing the Celtics who have Tatum and a hobbled Kemba Walker as their two guys, and then a bunch of role players. Like you could beat that team. You know. It changes the outlook a little bit. Not that the Pacers should want to make the playoffs. I'm just, it changes how you evaluate the stuff. Yeah. And I, I think too, it, it could change the outlook of the whole season and, and affect my next one, which we'll give to you after this quick break. Because today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for the sports fan. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We've been hosting Locker Room every single week on our Locked On Pacer channel, or Tony's his own kind of personal channel. Uh, this week, we will do one. I assume sometime to the end of the week, I'll be doing it. We'll kind of figure out the playoff scenarios when we bring that in. Because Locker Room is the perfect place to start joining conversation about the league. You'll find fans just like you in Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, or even, of course, reactions to the big news and rumors. We had one last week where I hopped on for, with Tony just to talk about the Bjorkman news. And be sure to join us this week. Like I said, we'll be doing one later this week. Check back on this, this feed, or we'll tweet it out, obviously, uh, hopefully a day or two in advance. You can download Locker app, Locker app for free on all iOS devices. You can create a profile, link with your Twitter. It's perfect. You can follow certain topics like NFL, MLB, and, of course, the NBA for us. So we can't wait to hear everyone's thought on the Pacers. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. So the reason I said the the injuries and the and the playing could affect the Pacers the most in the long run, and my next one is is because I think the big thing looking this last week is coaching under a microscope. And if some other Pacers won both playing games, that might change the trajectory of where Bjorkman's heading at this point. Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't I don't know that. And this is one of mine. Uh, is the Bjorkren relationships with players plus his backing with the players, which is a little different than what you said. So, so if they them. won both playing games, and then let's say I put them at the eight seed, let's say, uh, and they played what they're probably going to play Philly, let's assume, right? That'd be basically for sure. But yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically that way. Um, it's not it's not technically uh, set yet, but it almost is. Um, yeah. And they won two games off Philly. I don't know if that might change Bjorkren's like destiny. I might, it might buy him another year. I think possibly. Um. Maybe not. I could be wrong. I but think I... I think that he'd have to have a really good playoffs. You know, like I think if they if they have a competitive Philly series loss, then you could go, oh wow, like this is what we wanted, right? Remember we wanted a competitor. 
he sucks at the communication. We'll figure that out. We'll have big, some team meetings, figure that out, change our assistant staff and figure it out. Cause he can get us there in the postseason. But I think if he just wins the plans for the reasons we just said, right. Beal and Brown might not play in them. Right. That would like, that's not that impressive of like, wow, good job. You, you know, that's you know what true. I, mean? I think true. you'd have to have a bomb postseason series for it to even be a consideration. I think that given what we know, he, it, it's looking more likely than not that he is let go, but you know, that the, the thing he said that, I, that stood out to me was like when he was talking about, you know, he, he owned up to it completely. And like, yeah, I expect him to do that. But like the way he said it, where, you know, I'm a young coach, I'm learning, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I did a terrible job. Like he straight up admitted it. Right. And then McConnell after the game, this was the Hawks game last week, by the way. So this is a little dated, but still relevant to the conversation around Bjorker and was like, Look, like he got us ready for this game and got us pumped up to come play and we beat a good team. Like credit to credit to Nate Bjorkren. And like I think Kalen Cooper's point on Twitter of like perfect coach's son comment from McConnell. I was like, okay, that's a good point. But you know Well, not I mean, there's one single player that's benefited the most from Bjorkren. It's McConnell. I mean, having the best season of any pace. Yeah, player. yeah. I mean, in terms of like yeah, what him and McDermott, expect. right? Yeah. Yeah, but McConnell especially is having like a career changing year. So yeah. Paid Absolutely. big money because of this season was heading towards maybe not right. that. So I think if, 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 you know, he really does, right. They had some meetings that night and like some of it was the foster go-go stuff, but like after that Kings game and no, if he can really show that he's taking some meaningful steps towards improvement and getting some more player backing, maybe that saves his, his job for another year. But it, it seems like his ice is pretty thin. That's something I'll be watching is the relationships and the backing he gets from players. Cause if he can, if he can kind of mend some of that stuff and, then he has the playoff series we just discussed. Maybe he does keep his job. Who knows? I mean, I have no idea. But the reports are pretty damning, right? So it's, it's hard for me to envision him keeping his job, but I, I don't know what the specific thinking is. Yeah, I guess the thing, Mike, going for him is he has guaranteed. I think, I mean, I think they say a two year deal to guaranteed next year. And he probably had a play- team option. So he does have one more guaranteed year. Right. So, and then he'd probably play on a lame duck year against your situation, which is always a benefit. That just would suck. That, no, I know. But like, like that, that I mean, they don't. For you, man. That, that, it could be a purely financial decision for the Pacers. I know. It just, um, it's brutal. You can put two and two together. Okay. Um, I, w- I went last. So what's, what's your next one? Which one is Well, I just, sorry. I think with the Bjorkren stuff, right? Unless there's another development, that story is sort of hard to cover because they're doing a good job actually of handling it all behind closed doors. And the team is actually playing pretty well and connected since this all came out. So, like, credit to him for that. But it's going to be hard for us to evaluate that. And I think that's something that's important to note is, like, it's going to – all of my opinion changes on him, barring more reporting, will just be based on how the team plays. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I think that – like I said, I – there is a way if they just win both playing games, they look really well coached, like in terms of like X's and O's that he just is able to buy himself some more time. Even if it's against weaker opponents, I think there's something about like winning like do or die playoff games. Yeah. Even even That's if they cool. are like not against great teams, they're just like it's hard to win us, you know, it's a single elimination is hard to do. I agree. I do agree with that. I can accept that. Okay, my last one, because we've already done four of my five amazingly, is a story I'm working on too. This is something I'm excited to watch the rest of this season and we kind of discussed this when we said what should the Pacers strategize for the rest of the season okay what we said what's going to be back next year or like what things can they can they set a foundation of this year to build on and one of those things is the chemistry of DeMontis Sabonis and Karis LeVert right LeVert with Brogdon out has had the ball way more recently and has done a fantastic job specifically passing Brandon Worker Pacers.com was asking questions about that on the postgame presser today and Sabonis has had some magical stat lines as well those two are building some great offensive chemistry. Their pick and roll skills complement each other quite well. 
And it's no secret that Brogdon probably is a little overtaxed in his role. He handles it well. He's still good. But, you know, if, he, if they can get the Levert and Sabonis chemistry really ramped up, because that, that duo is really hard to guard and really creative because they have a lot of skills, that could help set up the Pacers' core to be better next year. It could help them look better this year. And since those two guys are both good and young, they're likely to be back. So it helps build – the better Pacers for future seasons. So that's something I'll be watching going forward. Yes, you took another one of mine. One, right now, Karras is having like an all-time end-of-season, do we think this is real or not kind of plan of He's season. been awesome recently. But like, but like the question is like, it, usually at the end of the season, when you get to this point, a lot of what happens is like unreliable for the next season. Right. Teams aren't trying. And, I agree. And other, you know, he's taking ungodly, ungodly amount of shots. But like just in his last 10 games, Karras has 26 points on, I think, 47-40 split. So that's like, that's really good. I mean, but like, even if he's taking a ton of shots, that's just a really good like shooting percentage and efficiency stat line. Um, he's probably not that kind of player because he just is not that player from three um, consistently. But like, if he's, if he is a, in a ballpark of that, like a 45 or 37 guy on what's called 16 shots, that's a totally different player than what we saw for the first, you know, month, let's say of him. And I think, you know, even if you kind of dive deeper into the stats, you kind of take out his beginning few games his stats look a lot more a lot more like his normal stats than they do yep. look at the whole picture and like you said i that's why he was he was on my list of like he's somebody i'm just watching his last 10 you know his last four games i guess um and his, him and sabonis especially getting all this time together is going to be pretty out i think good for the long run for them because i think that's where the the future of the team is is like what is their chemistry like and then cause i think broader can fit in better like can kind of adjust easier to anybody but i think sabonis and him are kind of like offensive hubs and so it's hard to make them fit together at times because they right. might be taking the ball from each other but Barton kind of slots in just fine with, it, with pretty much anybody it feels like this might be a little extreme but also like can those two be good enough to be like good enough to win something important right if not you have to kind of reassess what's around them or what what they're doing this together is but if they can be really good that that's even more helpful in evaluating that but like with Karis yeah, I think you're right that we're seeing his stats head more towards what he used to be. He's had three of his last five games over 30 points, um, but his efficiency's been up and down in those games, right? He's, he's still yeah. a little streaky with the scoring, um, but the thing that, to me, has stepped him up a little bit, and we talked about how he had improved his playmaking this year, that's what's really carried in recently, right? His last three games, he's had 30 assists, um, so he's averaging eight per game and a little under eight per game, but basically eight per game in the last five that I'm looking at as he's really evolves with Brogdon out so we're seeing that with the ball in his hands like he can still run the offense right even if his shot's not perfectly there because he's a little streaky or whatever he's still drawing into the defense every time he shoots and that's helping Simonis get rebounds too right so he's still super effective as he's finding these passes as well so continuing to see how he can grow and be you know your main guy is is something for me to watch so that'll be an important one to me yeah, and so you've done all five years now. Right? We touched. On I have done all five of mine. All right, so my my last one, and this probably even tends some others we talked about. But my just, what is the effort level from from the team this last week? I mean, like yep. there are some real things at stake. If they're able to win the last four in a row, they're probably the eight seed. Like I would, I would put a pretty good odds that they won four the last, the last five games. Now would be they would be the eight seed just because the way the Hornets are with been playing recently has not been great, and Washington would. I should have to match them basically the entire way. And I could see that not because they don't have Beal. So like, do, but like, do they want that? Or would they rather, is the team sort of just ready for the season to be done? I mean, I really wouldn't blame them. It's been a slog of a season. There's been injuries and trades. And then all this BS over the last two weeks has not been good for the team. I don't think. And honestly, this team is, 
if I'm the, the front office is pushing towards what does next year look like anyways? Like right. when we get Warren back, do we have a, like a starting five that we feel comfortable with can actually like produce at a high level and like, or what does that look like? Like with four awesome offensive players and Brogdon, Karras, Sabonis and Turner or not Turner, sorry, Sabonis and Karras. Is that like a team that can compete for a top four? And I mean, it might be, I mean, they got good, good health, but so that's, the, that's what I'm trying to see like effort level with this, there's so many games, so many days are like guys pulling back so they don't get hurt or trying to avoid kind of an injury because there's a lot of games, which is really concerning. Yeah, they have a back-to-back to tonight and then another one the last two days of the season. So, yeah, I agree with all that, especially because, right, the day after that report came out from ESPN from what we about Bjorken last week, the very next game against the Kings, it was horrible. It was the worst game of the season. McConnell said it himself. They, they didn't look like they were even trying. They lost badly to the Kings at home. And they've looked good on both effort and performance since, even though they lost that Wizards game. That was a fantastic basketball game. Um, it was. It was really fun to watch. They, they've they looked good. So I, I think they can carry that. But, you know, all it takes is, like, one demoralizing loss to whoever. Like, oh, the Sixers are amazing. You lose by 20. And then you're back to square one. So I agree with you. That will be something to watch. Yeah. Any other, I guess, things that maybe you didn't put down as your five, but you're just kind of slightly paying attention to? Um, on Growth from any young guy basically but yeah not not really <laughs> not really at this point i mean i think we got this is the second straight year of the same roster right so we kind of already know what all these guys are and how they play under bjorkren and stuff like that so yep all right let's just let's take one more break and then we're going to uh, preview this week's games there's four more left but first today's locked on pacer podcast is brought to you by our wonderful friends over at rockauto.com RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 plus years. Go to RockAuto.com right now and shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need for your car, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor and even new carpet. With your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks directly to your door. RockAuto.com calibers unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specification, price that you prefer. Best of all, price at rockauto.com are reliably low and the same professional do-it-yourselfer, so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and they had to hear about us box so they know that we sent you main selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action on BetOnline.ag. We've got fast playing towards the playoffs, same with the NHL. A ton of sports action is going on. You get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs on BetOnline.ag for all major sports, including UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch or the next tip-off, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and sign up for their bonus and contest information. When you use promo locked on, they give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So don't sell in silence anymore as you get a chance to play in the game and your team's prep for the playoffs. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. Four games this week. It's the final week of the season, Tony. It's our fourth season doing this, right? Our last, yeah. our last weekly show previewing games. Although I guess technically we'll be during the play and previewing uh, at least one game next week on a weekly show. But yeah, we're almost done with our fourth season. Almost done with four seasons. Previewing every game. This week is so interesting to me because, like the last, you just said it last segment. Like 
these end games, I know they're playing teams that are really, really good and still have stakes, which the standings I'll be, I'll be pulled up here because discussing what's at stake for these teams is part of the previewing of the games. But like so much just weird crap happens in the last week of, of regular seasons that it, you know, like a lot of it's going to matter still because again, these teams are still trying, but it's, it's just weird. Like weird stuff just happens. Yes. The Pacers will play the Philadelphia 76ers. Was this on, on Tuesday tonight at, I can pull up the time real fast, 7 p.m. It is part of the Pacers' last home stand of three games. Um, no chance to go above 500 this season home, but still three more home games. The Sixers are basically playing for the one seed. I, I have the standings up. They are three games ahead of Brooklyn. They have not clinched it officially yet. There are four games left, so that means they are basically one win away from clinching. You're right. Number one seed. Uh, the question, you said this before the podcast, and that's why you took me off to it. You said Joel Embiid is questionable. Yeah, they had put their injury report out because they did not play today uh, for tomorrow's game before the Pacers played um, the Cavs. And now I'm blind. I can't find it. There we go. Yeah, Matisse Thybul, who was amazing when the 76ers beat the Pacers back in March. Or we remember when they came back with Embiid out in that zone. He was amazing, right? He's out. His hand is sore. He's out. Furkan Korkmaz is an ankle sprain. He's out. He shot really well for the 76ers against the Pacers back in March when the 76ers won. And Embiid has a non-COVID illness and is questionable, right? So if all three of those guys are out, the Pacers might have a chance, and the Sixers kind of know that they just need to win one, right? So they can probably win even without him. They did win without Embiid, but you know they might look like a little different team knowing they only need one win or one loss by the Bucks or excuse me, the Nets to get it anyway. So if the Pacers <laughs> have any shot in this game, it's going to have to come offensively between the Sabonis-Carriage combination, right? Yes. Yeah, that well, they put up a 114 in March and they still lost, right? They, they have to they have to play a very good offensive game. Yeah, I mean, they haven't really, I guess they they were close in that non-embeed game with the Sixers, but like a healthy Sixers, they have not really even come close. Well, even then they game. lost because their offense sucked in that fourth quarter. Yeah, well, not score at all. Remember, it was like an 18, was it 18 to two run in that fourth quarter? Oh, I think it was worse than that, wasn't it? Was it 25 to two, maybe? It was something oh, it was terrible. So bad. Something terrible. Uh, it was the last game of January. Remember, we were like, and they went into the, okay, they lost the fourth quarter 37 to 15. Right? Oh, just, oh, they had this game. And it would have been so big because right? they were kind of, that was right when they started slumping post Vic. And this just killed them, right? They were horrible after this. Right. Cause they were kind of in competing, like not for the one seed, but they were like, if it, they're only like two games back of the six or something like that. And now, yeah. Yeah. So they, they were up 17 with under, 10 minutes to go and they they almost lost by double digits. That game was very painful. Was that worse or was the Denver game worse where they gave up 22 straight points at the quarter? That was pretty miserable. Anyways, fourth quarters, man, this was the first game. That Sixers game was the first start of their horrible fourth quarters. Yeah. I agree with you. The offense is key. Sixers are second in defense and as good, you know, as good as they are in the half in the transition because of that, their half court offense isn't like amazing, um, especially with them beat out, but you know, they're still very good. They have weapons and, you know, Seth Curry, Danny Green can shoot. Tobias Harris is having a really good under-the-radar season considering how good Embiid's in. And obviously, they have Ben Simmons. So, still not a team you can walk right through with Embiid out. Obviously, the Pacers lost to them without Embiid. But they didn't have Karis or Vic. You know, it's different. But um, even without Embiid, you might still favor – actually, you probably still would favor the 76ers. So, very tough game still. Yeah, so we have four games. We should kind of maybe move it at some pace. Yeah, obvious butchers. Ben Simmons is going to be amazing. They got to defend him well. Tobias Harris is playing great. All right. Yes. Win or loss. Win or loss. Um, I think they lose. The the stakes for this day, like, I have to discuss this now just to get it out of the way. But, like, 
if they win, if the Pacers beat the Sixers and then the Bulls lose to the Nets tonight, the Pacers are in the plan. Done. Woo. Right. So that could totally they could they could just like that could be it, right? The way they play the Bucks would be different. The way they play the Lakers would be different, right? They might push their guys. Well, no, out. they're pushing for the eight seed. I think still. I guess. Either. I guess that's true. Yeah, the Hornets like, played Denver this but, week. But, but you wouldn't fault them for being like, all right, Sabonis is only playing twenty eight minutes now. The, you know, the Hornets last four games against Denver, LA, and Washington. They could lose all four theoretically. They're hard. Yeah, it just it it could change the week. It just could. And like the Bulls play the the Bucks in the Nets. Like it just it's dynamic. Anyway. I think the 76ers win. Okay, I agree with you. And Especially the week, if Embiid plays. And the week doesn't get any easier as they play the Milwaukee Bucks Thursday evening at home again. The Bucks ratings real fast are six in offense, seventh in defense, third in overall net rating. They are the third team in the East. It's at half a game back of Brooklyn for the, for the two seed. And you really want to be one of those first seeds because you get to play a play-in team, which means they have played an extra game more recently. Let's rest. Plus, Miami Heat are the sixth seed right now, and I think everybody wants to avoid them. If possible, yeah. so After last my, year. Milwaukee is trying, and they've won five in a row at this point. They just lost to the Spurs. Today. Oh, they did literally as we're talking. They lost. Okay, yes. <laughs> they, <laughs> the, the Jokes Spurs on me. had like their best shooting game of the season. The Spurs might have also clinched their plan spot today. Big win for them. Um, so Pacers Bucks in I think it was February for or no in March. Remember that game? You know why that game was big? Which the, one? The, the Bucks shot twenty four of thirty nine from three. Okay, that's yeah. Unbelievable. The most makes ever for a team that took under 43s in a game. Back in February, the Pacers played the Bucks in Milwaukee and they were 21 to 48, 44%. The Pacers have just not been able to stop the Bucks from shooting at all. Bucks are sixth in offense. They take the eighth most threes in the league. They have the second best three point percentage in the league because Giannis sets up the easiest takes for his teammates. And the Pacers have had no answer. For their three-point barrage, and it has just sunk them. They've had no chance in, e- in either of these Bucks games because the Bucks just jump all over them in the first half. They were up 18 at halftime the first time they played, and they were up way more than that, 23 the uh, the second time at halftime. Right, so they have got to defend the three-point line better. Yeah, Troy, they just have lucked out only playing the Bucks three times this year, not four like normal. Well, been... yeah, no one plays anybody four times this year, but yes. oh, really? Well, I just mean in general, I guess not. Right, we should yes. play division opponent four times, so not having to. Do they that. cannot beat Giannis. They've only beaten the Bucks when Giannis sits since. No, no, oh, yeah, Thad yeah. left. Yeah, so since that yeah. Thad Young game <laughs> over three years ago, right. the Giannis stopper and Thad Young. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I guess for the Pacers to win this game, I mean, my expectation would be just three point shooting. You have to match them basically to have any shot because yep. they've scored a average of 135 points with the Pacers in their two games this year. So uh, it's a lot of effing points. <laughs> Yeah, it, it they're hard to beat if, without keeping up with them. I think they're one of those teams that you have to have like an ab, abnormally good three-point shooting night to keep up. Um, and then they're still competing for the, the t- that two-seed as well, yeah. like you said, to avoid the heat. So they'll probably be trying anyway. So I doubt you'll see any like Giannis sitting or anything like that. Unless, right, like I guess if the Nets beat the Bulls Tuesday and then the Bucks lose another game, maybe it's already clinched. But I'm imagining the Bucks will be trying in this one. Yeah, so. the Bucks want to desperately avoid Miami. Yes. I, I would assume. I would assume. And Miami yeah. could even get into the four or five, and then yeah, but you're still avoiding them. Still, get, yeah, you would do your, whatever you can to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, win or loss, loss. Bucks are better. And the the thing that I was going to say is the Pacers have been between the Jazz and the Bucks, and um, I can't even remember the rest now. I'm the Nets. The no, I I wasn't thinking of good teams. The top five three point shooting teams. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Pacers have no wins against. Those oh, interesting. Teams. I mean, they also don't have wins against any of the top like four seats. Well, yeah, no, they Suns beat the Suns. Only one against. They beat the Suns, yeah. But that um, was before the Suns were the two seed. They okay, were like... the top three point percentage teams are the Clippers, 
they lost both of those. The yep. Bucks, they lost all of those. The yep. Jazz, they lost both of those. Yep. The Nets, they lost all those. And the Knicks moved into fifth, so they actually do have a win against the top five team now. Woo-hoo. The fifth, the fifth place team used to be Denver, and Denver has now fallen to seventh. So, congrats to the Pacers on beating a team in top five three point percentage. Yay! Um, I think they lose two. So the next game the Pacers play this week. Saturday, we don't have a time yet because I think they're doing some weird... I think they're both matinees. Yeah, so they play the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers are surprisingly the seventh seed right now. They have been falling really for the better part of, what, two months of LeBron got hurt. Yep. Uh, they are 24th in offense, but they are first in defensive rating. Frank Vogel working his magic once again. Um, the Lakers are definitely trying because they do not want to be the seventh seed. The question really is, LeBron has been day-to-day. Did he end up playing... Well, he, plays, he, he is supposed to debut Tuesday against the Knicks. Okay, so he's supposed to play Tuesday. If, I assume if LeBron and AD play, they'll lose, but I guess Lakers have been so kind of spotty. Who, who, who the hell knows? This is late enough in the week that maybe stuff is set in stone. Maybe not. I understand. Not for that seven spot. They're, they're all separated by a game, right? So Lakers? The Bla- yeah, but like the Blazers have the tiebreaker, right? Oh, Call it, I think, I think I'm going to Google that before. So like Dallas is two games up and Brooke and uh, Portland's one game up. Yeah. So the Blazers, won, the Blazers won like last week. Uh, let me figure out when their other games were. Um, but I, if like, if the Blazers have the tiebreaker, there's a chance that um, the Lakers are just locked into, okay. The Lakers won in nope. February. Nope. You're right. They've lost both. They lost two of three. Sorry. To the yeah. So, right. So there's a chance the Lakers are locked into seven before this game, which could this, this one, especially because LeBron and AD have been hurt this year, that actually could very much change the dynamic of the game to the point of the Lakers resting. It'd have to be though a two game lead, right? No, even if, even if it's a yes. one game lead, if they haven't played yet, yeah. and they, still... they play the Knicks and Rockets prior to this and the, the so that's Rockets one win. Suck. So you'd have to basically, if you want the Lakers game to be easy for the Pacers, you're rooting very hard for the Knicks. I have a feeling they're going to win the last Lakers win the last four. Yeah, just, they're they're two, the three, Lakers seven, but it's possible. Anyway, they're amazing. If we're talking too much about what this game could be and not what it's going to be, LeBron and AD are insane, right? LeBron dominated the Lake the, the Lakers. LeBron dominated the Pacers in that fourth quarter earlier this season, right? They should have won that game too. That was when the, the height of their fourth quarter struggle. You could say that about almost any like any team they <laughs> played this true. year. That is true. <laughs> But that one in March was just brutal. That was our last game before Karras returned. Really, that was, those were the days. Yeah. Um, they got a lot from Sabonis and Brogdon. That game. Nah, this was also in like they were getting nothing from any role players. Yeah, I remember this game. Yeah, how you say it. Uh, and LeBron dominated. So if he plays, I mean, the Pacers actually have done okay historically against him in recent seasons. But if he and Davis play, they have no shot. Yeah, the Lakers' def- defensive like rankings, like you just go through like opponents' rebounds per game, points per game, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's all in the top like ten, I and mean, they're. A fantastic defense, and the Pacers have had trouble. Pacers already have trouble scoring. And they're the number one defense. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We did say that earlier. Um, the Pacers already have trouble scoring, and the Lakers have AD and LeBron. They will probably will not have as much trouble scoring as they've had this year. So right. I just it's like a recipe for a loss. So they play the number one, two, and seven defenses this week. Great, fun, fun, fun. Nice. Yeah, I don't think they win unless the Lakers are doing some like resting junk thing, and it's back to back for them as well. So. Who knows? Interesting. So then the Pacers end the season against the Toronto Raptors, a game that really will probably have no meaning for anybody involved in this game, unless there's, I mean, I guess it could have a meaning for the, who hosts the nine, 10 game, I guess. If but, the Bulls are, if the Bulls don't lose another game, the rest of the way, this game could have meaning. Could. Oh, true. They could. I, I mean, we just, we picked them to lose three straight games. So I guess they could be. 
Yes. If the, the Bulls, Bulls are awesome the rest of the way. Who do the Bulls play, though? They really have not been Nets, stepping up Nets, recently. Nets, Bucks, Raptors. Nets, uh, that's Nicholas. That's tough. Well, so actually, the Bulls control their own destiny, right? If they beat the Nets twice, then Milwaukee will take over and have locked in the seed by then. And then they can beat Milwaukee. They won't be trying anymore. And then they play the Pacers. Or then they play the – well, they end against the Bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eh. No, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm it's sorry. Hard. I don't know how to do it, to be honest. Yeah, but there's a so there's a chance that the, the Pacers hit this game and they need to win it to make it, right? If the Bulls lose once, then that is on the table for sure. Um, here's the thing the Raptors, because the Pacers won last night, cannot make the plan. They're done. Their season's over. They've been playing in Tampa. They really want to be done. And yeah, they all want to go to their LA homes. Look, it's very possible the Rap the Raptors are a noble franchise that won a championship two years ago. It's very possible they try the rest of the season. Like, whatever, do whatever you want. I don't care. They should, I very, very anti-tanking. That said, the last game of the season being very meaningless for them, there's no way, there's no way that like Siakam or Lowry or any of these guys are gonna play. Like, there's just no way. That, that it so rarely happens. So this game could be peak weird, especially if the Pacers have already clinched. This could be the game where like Keelan Martin starts. And I get get to answer one of my questions and see Cassius Stanley for 35 minutes. Well, the thing oh, too is I'm the, not gonna make a single prediction about this game because I know but no the, the thing that thing about it is the Raptors have a real shot at it. I guess right now they are the seventh worst team in the league, but they're not they can the, get down there, right? No, the bottom six are separated. Oh, so they're they yeah, it's really right. whether they end up passing the Kings, but they're up three on the Kings and two on the Bulls, like in terms of like not up on them, but they're ahead like behind them by that many games. So they're pretty locked into the seventh worst team. That's true. But I don't know that that, that they actually can't catch the, the top six. No, there's there's no way they can you mean they the bottom six. Yeah. yeah, the bottom six. Well so they yeah, they're just trying to stay below the No, they're trying to stay, actually they're pretty locked into seven. It's just whether yeah. This could get funky with the Bulls. The Bulls lose a bunch of games, and so the, and they end up winning a few of the Raptors. Yeah, oh. if the if the Nets beat the Bulls twice, for example, one the Pacers would be in, but two then the Raptors would be trying even harder to lose this game. So yeah, I think the Pacers probably win this game though. I do too. I do too. I guess the one thing to watch, I and mean, we just last last segment, but like the Pacers lost their last four games, and the Bulls passed them. The Pacers could have with the eighth overall pick. That's probably the worst case right now yes, they or can. the best in his best case i don't know something like that like best case day. no play in would yeah they could get real high up there an eighth pick i think has like a 12 or 13 percent odds of being top, top one top four top four top four the eighth pick has 26 percent. really okay i was way wrong i didn't really gotten that that steep that fast yeah this week just could be weird right uh, the bulls lose to the raptors on thursday like it could be over by then they could be over by tuesday if the pacers pull off an upset like i i there could be just so many meaningless games. It's hard to really say. I think they beat the Raptors too, just because. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be enough, right? Pretty much. It's pretty much make the playoffs. That basically will do it. Yes. It that, That's not for sure because the only reason that's not for sure would be if the Bulls go undefeated and the Wizards don't lose again and the Hornets win another game or something and the Pacers only beat the Raptors, then they wouldn't make it. It's like, it's very obscure. <laughs> it could happen though, I guess, theoretically. Yeah, it's not impossible. The, the The sample sizes are small now. Yeah. Um. You got you get, got got anything else? No. Uh, I do not. You are on recap duty tomorrow for I am Sixers. Uh, I'll be talking Bucks and updated scenarios on Thursday and probably something else. I'll be, figure it out. Uh, and then Friday, we'll see. You know, the, there's a lot of games that weekend and recap of the Bucks game. There'll be a lot to talk about. There'll be a lot of fun topics this week. I think. Yeah, interesting last week of the season, and then we'll either have some playing game to discuss or we'll 
be talking probably about a fired coach, maybe that anyways, and some offseason stuff. So, I mean, it's going to get interesting, especially if they end up in the top 10. I'll make the lottery um, interesting, at least for the night of it. I guess. Yeah, these next two weeks will be well, a ton of fascinating stuff. Still. Yeah, I agree. Um, yep. As always, we're bringing you this podcast five days a week. So check some our, uh, the, the rest of the week. We'll bring you a weekly show. Uh, every Monday, I know this is a Tuesday, but most Mondays, I guess most Mondays will bring you a weekly show. We're on the Locker Room app as well. Check on our Twitter feed at Locked On Pacers. When we'll be hosting one of those. You can follow Tony at TSNBA on Twitter, me at Freedom Adams 5. That is all for this Locked On Pacers podcast. See you guys again tomorrow.